good morning again. Uh, so today we are uh, continuing in our study of the way of Jesus. We've been talking about this, uh, as you guys know, for the last several weeks. Um, really just kind of talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, we talked about how our culture, even, even in the Christian world, our Christian culture kind of defines what it means to be a Christian by a lot of means, by a lot of different ways, right? Maybe, uh, maybe it's a certain group that you associate with. Maybe it's a religious practice that you're a part of. Um, maybe, it's, uh, just a, um, maybe it's just a, uh, maybe it's just you know something in in you that you identify as. Yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, and and but really, what does that really mean, right? And so what we've been trying to do is we've been trying to go back and look at what Jesus means when he says that you will be my disciple, right? We, we've, we've come to say that that word disciple is really the word that we want to key in on as far as uh, w- what our lives should be all about. Uh, a disciple, a learner, a follower of Jesus, an apprentice that's following Jesus. And so the best way we know how to do that is to look at the life of Jesus and the things that he talked about, the things that he did, and then start to implement those into our life, right? And so we, we've called this the way of Jesus, uh, which is, I think, just this beautiful phrase that I wholeheartedly took from somebody else. It's not original to me. Um, but this way that Jesus came and he lived his life and uh, encouraged his followers to do the same. And so that's really where we've been going. And so if you guys remember back uh, week one, we said that there were three goals for a follower of Jesus. You guys remember that, right? Anybody remember what those goals were? Number one was to what? Be with Jesus, right? Uh, number two was to become like Jesus. And then third, we haven't got to that one yet, uh, but we, we've mentioned it before, is to do what Jesus did, right? Do the things that Jesus did. That That is the goals of a follower of Jesus. And so we've been kind of tracking through. And so uh, we talked uh, one week a lot about what it meant, the importance of being with Jesus, just that uh, time invested. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus for us to uh, actually spend time with him, that there should be a desire, right? If we, if we put on that label of Christian or follower of Jesus, right, that we should have, there should be a desire in our lives to actually want to spend time with him. Right, as crazy as that sounds, if we want to be a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, a disciple, we should actually want to be with Him. And for the last several weeks, we've we've been talking about this idea of becoming like Jesus and looking at the things that Jesus did. And so we started out by talking about the idea of rest and a Sabbath, right, and how that practice can help us keep our desire for God in the right place. Last week, um, if you guys were here, Ross, I, I felt like did just an incredible job of. Uh, laying out the importance of the Word, how important it is as a follower of Jesus to actually be in the Word. Um, And we look back at the life of Jesus and how much of what Jesus said actually came from Him quoting, right, the Scriptures, the Old Testament Scriptures. And so, again, we we want to continue to look at this idea. And so today we're going to look at the idea of prayer, right, The, the practice of prayer. Um, one of the practices I would say, uh, as you start to look through the Gospels, define Jesus' life and earthly ministry uh, was prayer. Was prayer. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later today, okay? Uh, but what we've also been trying to do is we've also been trying to follow up on the practice from the week before. Every week we've had a, a practice that we've wanted to do that week, uh, a time that we've uh, taken what we talked about on Sunday and then tried to live that out throughout the week. 
And so last week, um, the practice was uh, to really just to spend time in Scripture. And then Ross had laid out a couple of different ways that you could do that throughout your week. Um, right? But let's, let's take a couple of minutes before we get started today. Let's get in groups of a couple of people just maybe sitting around you or, or close to you. Or I mean, we got some flexibility today. We got some gaps. So if you guys want to move around, feel free to do that as well. Um, but let's just talk about that. How did your practice go this week? Um, did, you, did you choose one of the options that, that Ross laid out as far as how to get in Scripture? Or did you kind of do your own thing this week, right? And then what did you learn from your time in Scripture this week? Was there anything that really stood out to you? Uh, as maybe you were being a little bit more intentional in Scripture. Let's take maybe two minutes, talk about that with those people around you, and then we'll come back together and we'll get into this idea of prayer together. But today, right, today we want to look at, at prayer specifically. And um, prayer is one of those things, like, we've, we've talked about prayer uh, here at Bedrock last year. We, we spent probably six or eight weeks looking at prayer and Jesus' example of uh, prayer for us. But yet I find it to still be one of those elusive practices sometimes that uh, is just really hard for, for me personally sometimes just to get into a regular habit of. And so, um, again, I don't, think, I don't think it will be unbeneficial or not helpful for us to discuss it today, okay? So I want to start out with a quote this morning. Um, this is by a guy named Richard Foster. wrote a book called Celebration of the Disciplines, um, kind of the, the go-to textbooks for understanding Christian disciplines, what are the spiritual disciplines. Um, older book wrote, written back in the 70s, but he says this. He says, of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communication with the Father. He says later, prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. It's pretty heavy. Pretty, pretty deep when you think about that, right? You think about all the spiritual disciplines, right? He says prayer could be, possibly is the most central, the most important maybe even for us, right? Because it ushers us into communication with the Father, with God. And that's really where I want us to start thinking this morning is around the purposes of prayer, okay? And at the core level, prayer is communication with God, right? Prayer is this avenue through which we can speak to the Father. But also, as, he, as, as Foster picks up here, prayer is also the avenue through which the Father can transform our lives as well, right? I think a lot of times we think of prayer in the context of just me talking to God or talking at God, right? Throwing up a list of things that I need. God, hey, I need this. Hey, I need this. Or maybe it just becomes this practice that we do because, hey, we're a Christian, so we know we have to pray, so we're just going to kind of sit through five minutes or, or whatever of our day to do that. But I think that prayer was intended for so much more. I think when when Jesus talks about prayer, when, when, uh, when we spend that time, it really should be this communication, this two-way communication between us and our Father in heaven who loves us dearly. Okay, so that's where I want to go today. Here's what I also realize is that even though prayer may be, for most of us or for a lot of us, the most common of the spiritual practices, it might be the one that we struggle with the most. If you're anything like me, prayer is, I kind of have this on-again, off-again relationship. There are seasons that I feel like, man, prayer is just so deep and meaningful, and I feel like I'm just communing openly with my Father. But then if I'm really honest, there's also a lot of seasons where it feels like I'm just kind of saying words. I'm just kind of tossing some words up into the 
up into the sky. Hopefully God gets the message right. Um, it can actually be a frustrating practice at times even, right? That, that you just feel like, man, your words are just hitting a wall and they're, they're not going anywhere, right? And so I want us to think about that, right? And I think because we've attached so much to prayer, um, I think because we, we a lot of times have this idea of what prayer should be or all of this, I feel like we bring a lot of that when we think about prayer. Um, and probably one of the most helpful practices that we can do in order to, to have a, a rich, meaningful prayer life is just to slow down, right? To slow the pace of our life, right? To not rush, because that's typically where I mess up, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to just try to get all this stuff done. I got, I'm going to commit, I'm going to give God like this amount of time. And so I'm trying to get all this stuff in there, right? But when I, when we read through scripture, when we read through the example Jesus gave us a lot of ways, I don't get that, that impression with Jesus. It seems like prayer was the priority. Prayer was the important thing. And so uh, I think for us to really help us in this avenue, first and foremost, we just need to slow down a little bit. Okay? So actually this morning, instead of, instead of just talking to you guys about how much we need to slow down and we need to do that, I actually want to give us some time to actually slow down this morning. Okay? Before we get into diving into the text and, and looking about a prayer and all that is, um, I want to just give us some time to slow down. Because if, if your day has been anything like my day, so a lot of you guys know, uh, Nicole got to go on a really fun girls trip this weekend, right? So I've had the kids. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have to have all the kids last night, but I've had, I had the boys this morning. And so just getting up and getting moving this morning, and my mind's already been in a thousand different places. And I would imagine that yours is probably the same, right? We've already had things going on in our day this morning. We've already had things to think about and things to, to focus on, right? I just want to give us a couple of minutes just to slow down and to just to re-engage our mind with God. To just slow down this morning and to think and to listen to what God has to say for us, okay? So um, I found a song that I feel like is just really perfect uh, because it just talks about that, how we shouldn't be in a hurry with God, okay? And so uh, we're going to take a couple minutes. I think the song's like maybe four or five minutes long maybe. Um, but we're just going to sit here and just slow down, try to refocus our mind around God before we get into this, okay? And so if you just need to take this time and pray, you just need to take this time and just reflect on the lyrics maybe of a song, and that can just be the meditation of your heart. Or maybe you just need to sit there quietly with your eyes closed for a minute and just kind of, just kind of clear your mind so that we can really talk about having this connection with the Father. Okay? So we're going to take a couple minutes and do that. So let me ask you guys a question. How many of you guys, even during that time, there was just the urge inside of you that, to, like, to just move? Any of you guys struggle just sitting there and just listening for a couple minutes? Your mind's just wanted to wonder, right? I think that's. I think that maybe is is one of the one of the reasons we struggle so much in in prayer and communion with God is because we're in such a hurry, we're in such a rush to just kind of get get to it or get to the next thing. But yet we realize that if if it's truly if prayer is truly to be communion with God, right? It shouldn't be something that we rush to get through. In fact, it should be something that we maybe push other things out of the way so that we can truly dive in and take the time we need to to spend with God. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it reminds me of back, you know, back in like middle school, high school, right? Uh, if, if, if a lot of us can think back that far, right? We think back to that first, that first real crush that we had, that first romantic interest we had back in maybe middle school or high school, right? Uh, and, and in those, in that relationship, right, we couldn't wait to talk to that person, 
right? In fact, that's all we would think about. I remember even, even uh, so I'm going to date myself a little bit. Back when I was in high school, middle school, we didn't have cell phones, right? And so we had these, uh, these other things called a telephone, and they had this thing on them called a cord, right? And so whenever you wanted to talk to somebody, um, you had to pick up the phone, you had to call them, right? And I remember at our house, we had this like 100-foot telephone cord that we attached to it. So you could literally walk around the house and make a death trap for your family trying to like navigate through there, right? And so you take the phone and you call up that person you're interested in, right? And what would you do? You would just spend, like I would spend probably an unhealthy amount of time just talking. I don't know what we talked about. It probably wasn't even important, right? Um, But in that moment, right, I had no problem dedicating that time to talk to that person because I was, I was excited. I was, I was interested, right? And, and I think that should be the same way it is for us in our prayer with God, right? I mean, do we, do we really understand that we get to have communion? We get to have communication with the God that created everything, right? So we think about the most incredible things we've ever experienced and to realize that the God that created that is the one that we actually get to commune with, that we get to have conversation with and dialogue with about our life and to hear what he has for us. And yet we, we so often find ourselves rushing through this time, through this experience. And that's why I think it's, it's so important that we take some time this morning and really look at this practice of prayer. Why is prayer important? Why is it necessary? And so I want to direct us to Matthew chapter 6. Um, we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 13. Uh, this is Jesus' teaching on uh, the prayer. A lot of a lot of people have called this the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' model prayer. Okay, This is found in Matthew. Uh, Matthew 6 is right in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so Jesus is, is teaching um, a group of disciples. And he is teaching them about prayer. How should you pray? Right? So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 5. And it says this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases or words like the Gentiles do. For they think that they'll be heard for the many words that they pray. Do not be like them. Your Father who knows you, right? Who knows what you need even before you ask. Verse 9. Pray then like this. You guys want to read this with me? Because I think we all know this, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Very good. Let's just uh, let's open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your teaching on prayer. I pray this morning that it would dive into the depths of our soul. God, I pray that this, this practice of communing with you, of talking with you, God, wouldn't just be something that we feel like we have to do, God, but it's something we get to do. Can we get the honor and the privilege of speaking with you and hearing from you? And so I just, I pray that you be with us during this time, God. Open our hearts and our minds 
to hear what you have for us today. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first observation I want us to note, right, as we look at this text, is this idea that I believe Jesus expected his disciples to pray. Right? Look at verse 5 and verse 7. How does he start out? He says, and when you pray. Right? I don't think that Jesus thought that prayer was only for the elite. I don't think that, that, that Jesus thought prayer was reserved only for those uh, who had been through some sort of formal training. Right? We've got to think about this group that he's talking to. Right? And, and around him he has a group of fishermen. He's got some tax, he's got a tax collector in there we know of. And then he's just got a whole bunch of other people that have seen what Jesus has been doing. And they've kind of been intrigued by it, right? They've seen some miracles. They've seen some, some things that he said that's kind of beyond their comprehension. And they've, they've tuned into this guy, and so they're following him, and he's teaching them, right? And he starts out by saying, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. See, I think Jesus knew that to be a disciple of him, his, prayer was an expectation. It was a starting point. And it wasn't just something that Jesus expected from his disciples. It's something that he modeled for them. It's something that he lived out every single part of his life. And we could go to, we could go to a lot of different places in the Gospels that, that talks about Jesus retreating and praying. Right? One of those that I think is really helpful in our discussion this morning is found in Luke chapter 5, verse 15. It says this, But now, even more, the report about him went abroad. Right? So Jesus is gaining popularity. More people are hearing about him. And great crowds are gathering to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Right? Let's stop right there. If we just read verse 15, right? there are great crowds gathered around Jesus. Great people are, people are hearing about the great things that he's doing, right? One might expect the very next line to say something like, and so Jesus stood and taught them, right? He spent all day teaching them and preaching to them into the next day. But what does it say? But he would withdraw, right? One of, uh, one of the other translations puts it that he would often withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus would often, Jesus made a practice in the midst of his popularity, in the midst of all that he had going on and, and, and things that were happening, he would withdraw to these desolate places, these places where he could just enter into time of prayer with him and the Father. Uh, the word here that, that we have translated uh, withdraw, it's, uh, in, the, in the original language, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's in the present tense. Okay, which indicates that this was a regular practice of Jesus. This was a continual practice, right? So this is something that regularly marked Jesus' life of withdrawing, right? And going and praying and spending time alone with the Father. And so I think that Jesus expects his followers, his disciples, as he's teaching them here, he's expecting them to regularly spend time in communion with the Father. He's expecting them to pray. All right? So let's get into the question then of what exactly is the purpose of prayer? Right? What is the purpose of prayer? Why, why do we pray? Right? And there are, at least what I've come up with of looking at Scripture and, and, and reading through and trying to understand the purpose of prayer, I've come up with two purposes for prayer. Number one... Okay, and these are not in, in any order, right? But number one 
is to express our needs to God. To express our needs to God, right? Um, we all have things in our life that we need. We all have things that are going on in our life. Just to be really honest, we all have hurts and hang-ups and issues that we deal with on a regular basis. We all have things going on in our life that are bigger than we are, that are harder to carry than we can handle, right? And in those moments, our loving Father, our Heavenly Father, tells us to bring those to Him. Think about how incredible that is, right? And so we have needs, and we can bring them to God, right? If we just look over Jesus' model prayer here in uh, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse, uh, verse 9 through 13 when he tells them how to pray, right? Look at what he says. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day. Forgive us. Lead us. Deliver us, right? All of those, those verbs are, are just a way of expressing our need, right? Right? God, Bring, may your kingdom come. I'm asking for that to happen. I'm asking that you give me my daily bread, God. I'm asking that you would forgive me of my sins that I have incurred. God, I pray that you would lead me, right? Deliver me from these evil situations. And so I think Jesus understood and would have called his disciples to bring our needs to God, right? And so one of the purposes of prayer is to express our needs to God. And I think this is pretty pretty common understanding, right? I think a lot of times when we think about prayer, right, and why we pray, we would say, yes, because I have needs and I want to bring those to God. Sometimes I think that's the only purpose that we think about, right? And so we, we just kind of turn God into this, uh, this genie, right? And we just kind of bring our, our, our checklist of things that we need, right? And so we just kind of enter right into that space. But I think most of us understand that we need God. Um, and we need to bring those... Uh, request to God. In fact, not just uh, our culture, right? Not just Christians, but I think our world in general understands that there's a need and when they're at the end of their own uh, ability that they need to reach out to something else, right? Um, so in football, okay? You're like, how are you going to bring prayer into football? Um, right? But in football, right? When, you're, when your football team uh, is getting down to the, to the end of the game, Right? Uh, and a lot of you guys know I am a huge Green Bay Packers fan, okay? And I, I know. Um, so, um, but I, I love the Green Bay Packers. I've, I've been a Green Bay Packers fan for, for many, many years, right? And, and I love our team this year. I feel like our team did an incredible job um, this year. No one expected them to do anything, and they made it really, really far in the playoffs this year. So I love our team, right? But I love the thing that really drew me into the Packers. There was a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, um, this is back in the 90s. A guy named Brett Favre, right? Favre, uh, some people call him, right? Brett Favre. And what I loved about Brett Favre, right, was he was what they called a gunslinger, right? And so Brett Favre was one of these guys that it didn't matter where, what point in the game, right, how many points they were behind, they could turn it around on a dime because Brett Favre loved to just drop back and just to throw the ball all the way down the field, right? And he was very good at it. Um, he also threw a lot of interceptions, um, which was kind of frustrating as a Packers fan. Uh, but I love that. I love it. It was so fun to watch because he just would fling back there, right? And there's this moment at the end of the game, the end of a football game, right? When your team is down and you've tried to implement your game plan the entire game, right? And you're into the last 
30 seconds of the game and your game plan is no longer working. You're at the end of what your plan uh, has produced, right? And there's a play in the playbook. Does anybody know what it's called? That last play of the game, last shot? A Hail Mary, right? It's really this idea of throwing up a prayer, right? A last-minute prayer that maybe, just maybe, I'm just going to toss it as hard as I can. I'm going to have all my receivers run all the way to the end zone. And maybe, maybe I'll make it. Now, obviously we know we don't pray to Mary. Um, that came out from the, the Catholicism, right? But I think even in that we see that there's this idea that at the end of our own ability, right? When we have needs that we can no longer carry ourselves, we turn to prayer. We turn to throwing those up, right? Um, and, and so for us, we were created to need God, right? There was a need that we have, right? There were things, there were, there were things in our life that we need God for. And prayer becomes a channel which we can ask God for those things. And I don't think that we should, I don't think that we should be, uh, I don't think that we should be bothered by that, right? God wants us to bring those requests to him. In fact, he says over and over in the pages of Scripture that he wants to hear our request. As a good father would want to hear the request of their children, so God wants to hear our request, right? And so one of our purposes in prayer, excuse me, one of our purposes in prayer is to express our needs to God, right? So before I get into the second one, let me ask you guys a question. We'll just make this a little interactive, right? How many of you guys have ever been frustrated in prayer or frustrated with prayer? You guys ever been there? Like, honestly, like, I, like what, what causes that frustration? What do you think? Am I brave enough? What is it? So, I said myself. Yourself? Okay. Sometimes feeling like I get the exact opposite of what I asked for. Okay. So you pray for something and you feel like the result is not what you expected or asked for. It's, it may be even just the opposite of that. Okay. Say, okay. I think a lot of times, right, we end up getting frustrated with prayer because here's what we do. We, we pray and we ask God for something, right? And we don't get what we wanted. It doesn't turn out the way that we expected it to. Heather, I think you were right on when you said that, right? Sometimes um, the results end up differently. And I don't think that that's a reason that we should stop praying or that that's wrong, right? But I wonder if... Our whole understanding of prayer sometimes is wrong, right? I wonder if we don't um, we we don't have it wrong as far as the reason why we pray. Yes, God wants to hear our request, and we should bring those to Him. But what if the primary purpose of prayer isn't just to get something from God, but it's actually to get to know Him better? Um, what if we don't pray to to get something from Him, but to actually know Him? And that's where I feel like the second purpose of prayer, probably our, the greatest purpose of prayer, is to experience intimacy with God. Right? I think, I think, and this has taken me many years to, to really get my mind around this, that this is really one of the main purposes of prayer. But I think one of the main purposes of prayer is to experience intimacy with God. Right? And ultimately, I think that's our greatest need. Right? We were talking about needs a minute ago to express our needs. I think ultimately our greatest need is intimacy with God. Um, the most important thing for us in the world right, is not our family. It's not our spouse. It's not our job. It's not our comfort. It's our intimacy with God. Right? And I know that sounds like a, a really big statement, and it is. Right? 
But at a core level, at a soul level, our greatest need is intimacy, closeness with God. And the beautiful thing about that, right, is when we find that, when we experience that, when we have true intimacy with God, when we have a true connection, relationship with God, it affects all of those other things that are important to us, right? So when I am intimately connected to my Heavenly Father, and I'm talking to Him, and I'm sharing life, and He's speaking to me, right? I'm a different father. I'm a different husband, right? I'm different in my job, right? Uh, all of those things start to change when I change the thing that's at the core, which is our intimacy with God, right? And this is what God wants, right? This is what God wants. God wants us to be intimately connected to Him. And I would say that this is one of the distinguishing factors between Christianity and all the other religions of the world, right? If you think through the other world religions that are out there, if you just take a, a basic survey of other world religions, right? All the other world religions say, yes, there's a God out there and he's powerful, right? Maybe even that he's in control, right? But this idea of having an intimate relationship with him is unheard of, right? My relationship with that deity is all about what I can do. So if I do enough good works, if I do enough good things, then he accepts that, then I'm good. But never this idea that I can have intimacy and relationship and connection with, with this deity, right? That's a distinguishing characteristic of Christianity. And I think it should be at the core of our prayer lives. Look back with me again at that passage we just read in Matthew, uh, verse 5. Uh, through seven, or five through eight. Look what he says. Um, we have that one up there, Chad? Okay. Uh, I'll just read it for you. Uh, Matthew chapter five. Uh, he's talking about when we pray and how we should pray, right? But look at verse, at verse six, he says this. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father in, in secret. There's this idea of just this intimacy, right? That God just, to get alone with God, Right? Don't flaunt it for the whole world to see. Don't make it all about other people thinking about how godly you are. But go and get alone and spend time with your Father. There's just this undertone of intimacy that our Father, our Heavenly Father, wants us to spend time with Him. Right? And He says, your Father already knows what you need before you ask. How beautiful is that? Right? We don't pray to inform God of anything. He already knows. Right? God knows everything. He, he knew the beginning from the end before he created it. But yet he wants to hear from us. Right? Why? What's well, the same reason that I want to hear from my kids? Right? Nine times out of ten, now I'm not the perfect father uh, in no way. Let me, let me just put that disclaimer out there. But nine times out of ten, I already know what my kids are going to ask me before they do. Right? When we walk into church on Sunday mornings, when we walk into this building on Sunday mornings, I already know they're going to ask me for a treat. Right? Before we even walk in the door, I know what they want. Right? I can hear them playing in their room, and I can hear the discussion, the dialogue, and I already know when they come to me what they're going to ask me for, right? So when they come to me and they're like, Daddy, Daddy, can I tell you something? Should I say, Child, I already know what you want. Go away. I don't want to hear from you. Is that what a good father would do? No. A good father wants to hear, right? They want to be involved. They want that relational intimacy with their child, and that's what our Heavenly Father wants with us, right? God already knows what we want. He knows everything from the beginning, so we pray, not just to uh, present a list of things we want God to do for us, right? But to join God in his activity, to join God in what he's doing. It's like if you imagine for a second, uh, imagine that you had a child, son or daughter, 
right? And that child grew up, uh, and they were working on, uh, they were working toward this project, right, that was going to be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, right? Now think about for just a second, how proud would you be of that child, right? You'd be pretty proud of them, right? Like, man, my boy, my girl, they are going to be a Nobel Peace Prize winner. They are going to actually do something significant in this world. Now, imagine for a second, though, every time you try to call them, right, they're too busy. They don't have time for you, right? They don't have time uh, to talk to you. They, you know, you pick up the phone, they're like, yeah, Dad, I know, but I'm really busy on this thing right now, right? And as much as we may know that what they're working on is important, and there's a lot of things going on, we still want to hear from them, right? We still want to have that intimate connection with them. And it's the same way with our Father, right? God wants to know What's happening in our lives? You see, as we, as we look at our needs, our greatest need is not something but someone. And I really want us to, to, to write this down because I think this is, really, this is really key when we come to prayer, right? A lot of times we approach prayer with a list of things that God can do for us. But our greatest need in these moments is not something, but it's someone. It's relationship with God. It's communion with God. It's speaking to Him as our Father. God of the universe is inviting us to have intimacy with him, right? And Jesus knew this, right? Jesus knew this. In fact, um, there's a place in John chapter 17 where Jesus is, uh, it's right before he goes to the cross. And Jesus is praying for his disciples, right? It's called the high priestly prayer, right? This is right before Jesus goes to the cross. And in, in John 17, verse 20, through 23, listen to, what, listen to how Jesus prays for his disciples. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me. He's praying for us here. How, how cool is that? Through, through their word. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved me even as you have loved me. Do you hear that cry, that that, that petition that Jesus is making for his disciples? Yes, that they would have unity among themselves, but also they would have intimacy with the Father, right? He says that that they may also be in us, right? I and them and you and me, that they may per- perfectly become one. Think about this is that moment right before Jesus goes to the cross. And what did he find most important to pray for his disciples for? This idea of that they would have unity among themselves, but also that they would experience intimacy with God. So we have a lot, a lot of things, right, that, that, that prayer does. But the two most important things that we need to, to realize, the two most important purposes of prayer, one is to express our needs to God, right? But also that prayer should be about our intimacy with God. So I don't want you to feel, I don't want us to feel ashamed when we bring our requests to God because God wants that. But at the same point, that's not the only reason we pray, right? We also pray that we can have an intimate, personal, close connection with our Heavenly Father, right? And so now, real quickly, I want us to look uh, just quickly at a, pr- a little bit more of the practical side then of how do we pray, 
right? How do we pray? In Luke chapter 11, right, Jesus and his disciples were, were around, and his disciples actually asked him to teach them how to pray, right? He said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And, this, and, and Luke's, uh, Luke picks up on this little detail that Matthew doesn't, right? But this is the same, same moment, right? But we need to learn how to pray, right? And his disciples, they, they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Now, have you ever thought about this? His disciples at this point have been following him for a while, right? They've been following, they've been seeing the miracles, they'd seen Jesus cast out demons, they'd seen Jesus bring people back from the dead. And all of that, what is the thing that they ask him to do? Teach them how to pray. That's pretty incredible, huh, when you think about it? Like, I don't know, I, I wonder what I would have asked Jesus for in that moment, right? But they saw the value, they, saw, they must have seen something in Jesus' prayer life. That made them ask, teach us how to pray. Alright? And so now we get this understanding, this, 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 uh, this teaching on prayer. Alright? Uh, and like I said, we've covered this before uh, several months ago. And so I'm not going <laughs> to spend too much time talking about it this morning. Uh, but I just want to give us a, a, a little acronym that may be helpful in our times of prayer. Right? To help us to kind of focus our minds in the right direction. Um, and so at the risk of being cheesy, I know whenever you put an acronym up there, you either like... It's either a sticky point that people remember, or it's like, oh man, that's really cheesy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have used that. Um, but I think this is helpful. Okay, I, I hope it's helpful as we think about um, our time of, of prayer. And so we're going to use the acronym Pray, P R A Y, uh, to help us to understand the aspects of prayer. Okay, and so the P stands for praise, right? Praise or adoration, right? So in Jesus's model of prayer here, uh, in verse nine, Matthew six, verse nine, right? He starts out with this. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? We've talked many times about this word hallowed. It means holy, set apart. Right? And so our starting place for prayer is not with our requests, not with our needs, but our acknowledgement of who God is. Right? Our starting point is to acknowledge and to praise God. And let me tell you, like, just this is like personal for me. Um, if you've never started out your prayers just by praising God, it transforms your entire prayer life. It's incredible. It's incredible. But praise needs to be the first place that we start, right? This gives us a proper understanding of prayer and our need and intimacy with God. So he's holy. He's set apart. He's praiseworthy. So how do we do this? Well, I mean, maybe we start out by just singing some praises. I think song is a great way to to pray and to sing God's praises. Maybe there's a maybe there's a, a song, a praise song, a worship song that really just speaks to your heart, right? That's that's just that's just focused on the praise of God and who He is. Um, maybe you're going to quote scripture. The Psalms are always a great place to go to, right? There are many places in the Psalms that just speak of who God is and and how wonderful and incredible He is. Um, maybe you're just going to pray the names of God, right? There's power in just understanding who God says that he is in his word, right? But we want to just start off our time in prayer by praising God, lifting up his name. Then we move to the R, right? After we spent some time praising God, which helps us get into our right mindset, we move into the R, which is repent, right? And this is this moment where I just bring all of my stuff to him, right? There needs to be a time that we just stop and we reflect on any sin that may be in our lives, things that we haven't dealt with, Right? And we're just transparent and open with, with God about those things. 
Right. I mean, this is part, it's what uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 12, right? Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, right? God, forgive me, right? There's something about, right? There's an importance about turning uh, from that sin, right? There's something about uh, getting in the right mindset, right? Confessing those things to God. Um, so then as we move into the next part of our prayer, which is the ask, Right, we've already we're not doing that from a selfish or prideful place because we've already confessed that, right? And so once we've praised God for who He is, right, and we started there, and then we have repented, right? We have we've asked God to remove all the dirt inside of us, right? Then we come into a proper place where we can ask God for the requests that are in our lives, right? At that moment, we have the right mindset and the right heart to to bring that to God. And so, like like Jesus says in Matthew six eleven, right? Give us this day our daily bread, right? There are things in our life that God, that we ask God for, right? There's things that we can lift up to him. Um, and this may be our own needs. This also may be the needs of others, right? And so this is the time in prayer that we, uh, it's called intercession, right? We're praying for either ourselves or for someone else. And God wants to hear those things, so we start with that, right? And it's incredible when you start with praising God and then you start to confess your own sin in your life. It's incredible to see how your request, right, when it comes time to ask things of God or to present those needs to God, it's incredible to see how those things change when you've first praised God and repented of the sin in your life, right? Why is that? It's because no longer am I asking sometimes for these selfish things or these things that are, are you know, that, that are prideful or whatever, right? But my mind is starting to become more like the mind of God, and, and it starts to change the things that I am asking for, right? And so how do we do this, right? Well, some people find it really helpful to create a list of things, right? I, I, I've heard of people, I know friends, that uh, will just take like a note card, uh, like a three-by-five index card, right? And maybe they write the name of, of their family, um, or, or certain categories, right? And they keep those note cards with them. And as, as they get requests, as things come up in their life, they just write those prayer requests down on the note cards, right? That doesn't work for me because what happens is I put a note card in my pocket and then I forget to take it out and then it gets washed and then it's no good to anybody. Are you guys with me? I can't tell you how many pieces of paper I wash and forget to pull out of my clothes before I throw them in the wash, um, right? So, so maybe for some of us, um, you know, they they even make apps. Again, I'm not trying to press everybody to their phone, right? But they do make apps uh, for for your phone. Uh, one of them is called Echo Prayer. That's one that I've used before, and it just lets you create a list of prayer, prayer requests, and then it reminds you at certain times throughout the day to pray for those requests. Um, sometimes those things are really helpful. Um, sometimes maybe this might just be a spontaneous moment of prayer, right? Maybe you're just going and as the spirit is, is laying something on your heart, you just pause and pray in that moment for whatever it is that's happening in that situation, right? But asking, asking, right? And then finally, the, the last part of, of pray, this pray acronym is yield, right? And this is that idea of trusting God, right? God, lead me in not into temptation. Deliver me from evil, God. I'm submitting my desires, right, to him, and I'm asking him to protect me from the power of sin, right? Or in Matthew 6, verse 10, right, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? I'm submitting my plans to his plans, right? And I'm asking that I become a part of his kingdom, not trying to make him a part of my kingdom, right? And I can tell you for me, like, like, this part is hard, like, repent sometimes, it's hard to get my mind, but this part right here is, is really hard, 
you know, at the end of my prayer, just acknowledging and yielding my trust to him, right? I may give him that request, and it may not turn out the way that I expected or hoped for, right? But I'm acknowledging that he is God and that I'm not, that he knows the situation better than I could even possibly imagine, and so I'm going to trust him. I think that's a good thing. I, I put that in my list. Beside yield, I, I put in parentheses the word trust because it's really just acknowledging that I'm going to trust him in those areas of my life that I can't control. Or I'm going to trust that he knows better than I do. <clears throat> so hopefully that's a, that's a helpful analogy um, as we move forward with praying. Um, I can tell you in my life, when, when I've had those moments where I've kind of walked through that way, I've started with praise and repentance and asking and yielding, um, it's just made that prayer time just seem so much more vibrant and alive and active um, and I just felt after after I finished praying, it just I just felt like, man, I have actually met with God. This is incredible, right? Okay, so I want to give you guys a couple other practical things before we before we close out today. Okay, um, again, our our focus in this series as we're talking about the way of Jesus is we we want it to also be very very practical. Uh, we want to give you guys stuff to walk out out of here with that's actually going to help you in your walk, in your following of Jesus as you try to become a closer and closer disciple of Jesus, okay? And so, um, just like last week, there were different methods of studying the Bible, different ways that we can study the Bible. There's also different ways that we can pray, okay? Um, And so that acronym may be helpful, but here are some other ways or some other ideas of things that um, may be helpful as you're thinking about prayer, okay? So let's go ahead and start with the first one. Uh, Intercession, right? So, So this is really like... Um, we talked about it a little bit a minute ago, but this is really just um, in, in your prayer time, just dedicating your heart and your mind, uh, praying that God would show up in the lives of other people, right? That, that you know that there are needs, and so instead of just kind of starting with your needs and things that you need, you're just going to take some dedicated time and pray for others, right? And there's something that's really, really helpful um, in your walk, in your following Jesus, of just praying for other people, not focusing on your needs, but just praying for other people's needs, Okay, so there's the one idea. Okay, another idea: um, praying through the Psalms. Right? This is this is re- this is a really really awesome thing. If you've never done this before, um, this is just really really cool. Um, so really, what you're doing is you're joining in the prayers of the Psalm writers, right? Which is which really the Psalms are just a list of uh, it's just worship songs to God, basically, um, are, are what the Psalms are. But you're joining in, and so as you read through the Psalms, you're joining in with with whoever that Psalm writer was, whether it was David or someone else, um, and you're just joining in. And what I like to do in those in those moments is. Um, a lot of times where uh, it'll say, you know, I ask God this or whatever, to really try to put yourself in the place of the person writing that, right? And to really let those words become your own words. Um, and number three, uh, listening prayer. Listening prayer, right? Uh, listening to listen to hear the voice of God. Um, I struggle with this one because I think I'm, I'm like, I'm mildly ADHD. And so I have a hard time sitting still, Right? But sometimes prayer is not just all about talking to God, but sometimes it's about stopping talking and just listening to hear what God has to say to us. Um, I love, uh, let's see, who was it? It's one of the guys on there. we go. What happens when you print on two pieces of paper to save, save the trees? Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, he was, a, he, was a, uh, uh, he was one of those guys that lived a long, long time ago. Um, but listen to what he said. 
He said, a man prayed once, and at first he thought that prayer was about talking. But he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is about listening. And I love that. I love that. Uh, I love that. Uh, I think that's just so, so incredible, right? That, that maybe I just need to stop talking to God and presenting requests, and I just need to listen to what he has to say to me, what he's trying to speak to me about. Okay? Um, one, yep. All right. Uh, prayer walks, right? Going and walking through nature, taking a hike, taking a jog, right? And just having dialogue with Jesus, right? Just having conversation with God as you are walking through nature. Maybe you're just commenting on uh, the glory of God and how wonderful he is. Or maybe you're just having a conversation like you would with a friend uh, as you're out in nature. But there's something about just getting out uh, out in nature and just communing with God that's, that's really, really cool. Okay? Um, next... Uh, prayer partners, prayer partners, right? This is praying uh, with a group of people, right? Sometimes uh, I know that there's been times that I've just been in a group of people and praying. It was just so powerful and so helpful for me in those moments, right? Uh, I could have them pray for me. I could pray for them, right? So maybe you're just going to get some people around you and pray together, okay? All right, next. Um, and again, these are just ideas for you to try. Um, also, these are uh, these are all on the Bible app for today. I put them all on our Bible app, so um, I should have told you that before you just try to write them all down. Um, but they're on there if you need those. Um, breathing prayers. So this is really, I've never done this before. Um, I feel like Ross last week. I've never done this before, but I think it's a good idea. Um, this is really just a way of trying to like slow yourself down. And so it has to do with, as you breathe in, you're just... Seeking God, and as you're breathing out, you're just thinking about Him, right? Uh, a little bit more of a, um, a little bit more of a different way of praying, right? But as you as you just kind of breathe in, and you start to think about God, and as you breathe out, you just praise Him for who He is, okay? So these are called breath prayers, um, and then next we have contemplative prayer, right? This is just entering into a deep and quiet stillness of your body and mind, and just asking the Lord to speak to you. It's not so much about uh, the words, but this is more of just about thinking about Jesus and focusing on Him. Uh, we, we might call this meditation. That might be another word, way to, to call this, where you're just really focusing in on who God is. Uh, and it's, again, it's not about talking as much as it is just about deeply thinking about Him. Okay. Next is praying the hours. I think this is really cool. Um, so it's strategic times throughout your day that you would just stop and pray. All right. So this has been practiced for years and years and years. Um, but some people do that like morning, noon, at night. Um, maybe it's a thing that you're just, you know, every hour or every, every, every other hour, you're just going to pause and just say a short prayer to God, right? Just kind of as a different way to, to speak to him throughout your day. Uh, the next one is uh, praying, uh, practicing God's presence. Okay, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, but this is really that idea of just uh, moment by moment always being in communion with God. Right? Paul, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. It's kind of that idea that whether I'm at home or whether I'm at work or whether I'm just in, in my quiet time, right? no matter where I'm at, that I'm just going to constantly be in communion with God. So as things arise and things are happening, um, I'm bringing God into that point of my life. Okay. And then last is praying scripture. And again, this is uh, kind of the same idea we did with praying the Psalms, but this is just finding scripture passages, right, that you can put yourself into, that you can start to pray into those scripture passages. 
cool. There's just a couple different ways to kind of uh, some different ideas of, of how to pray that may be helpful as you as you try to practice that this week. Okay, so our practice this week then, uh, as we try to put this into practice, is this: uh, we're going to try to dedicate ten minutes every day this week to prayer. Okay, and I say that uh, understanding that if if you haven't you know been able to spend a lot of time in prayer prior to this, maybe it's just five minutes for you. Okay, and that's okay. Um, the goal is just to get in to have time every single day to just commune with God, to have that dialogue with God, to spend time just talking with Him, right? And so, and so what I would encourage you to do is just to use that acronym to help you, right? Start with praise, and then repent, and then ask, and then yield, right? To help you guide you during your time of prayer this week, okay? Help guide you during your prayer time this week. And then at least one time this week, Okay, um, I would encourage you to try praying through a psalm. Okay, I would encourage you to try to pray through a psalm at least one time this week because I think it's really helpful, right? Um, and if you're on the if you're on the text list, I'm going to text out this week. Uh, I have found this really really helpful document that lists out uh, a bunch of the different psalms and um, what which occasion you may want to pray through those for. So there's uh, ones of thanksgiving. There's ones for encouragement. There's ones for longing for God confession of sin, um, all kinds of different things. So I will send that out. We'll also post that up on Facebook uh, so you can have that, right? But really just pick a psalm and to pray through it. So I wanted to model this for us a little bit this morning before we close out, just so you know what I'm talking about. Maybe this whole idea of praying through a psalm is, is new or, or unusual to you, right? So here's, here's one of the psalms I love, Psalm 24, right? Um, so it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the whole world and those who dwell therein. Right? And so if, if you were going to pray this psalm, right, you may say something like this. Dear Father, I know that this whole earth is yours. And God, that the fullness, all of it belongs to you. And every, everything and everyone that dwells in it, Father, is yours. And I thank you, God, for being such an incredible creator. Then you move on to verse, verse 2. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. God, thank you for the oceans and the seas and the rivers, God, just to see your handiwork and all of the creation that you have made, right? Verse 3, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who who does not lift his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. God, I pray that I would be a man that has clean hands and a pure heart, God. If there is anything inside of me today uh, that does not honor you, right? If there's any sin inside of me, God, I pray that you would reveal it to me so that I could confess it, so that I could be a man that would stand in your presence, right? Verse 5, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation, such as the generations of those who seek him, who seek the face of God, uh, of Jacob. God, thank you for all that you've done. God, thank you for the blessing that you are. God, I pray that my life would honor you, God, uh, thank you for the salvation that you bring, and God, thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, something like that. Um, but that's just that's how you do. You just you take the words that were written in the psalm and you just apply them to your life. You pray them as uh, you kind of read through those. So um, that would be the one that I would really encourage you to make sure at least once this week that you get some time to pray through a psalm. Um, those are really really cool to do. Okay. All right. So. Um, as we, as we kind of conclude this morning, um, as we talked about prayer, as we've talked about this practice of prayer, um, again, I want us just to go back to this uh, slide we had up a minute ago, right? Um, our greatest need, 
right? And our lives is not for something, but for someone. Um, and so as we conclude today, um, Josh and Kayla are going to come up and lead us in one last song. I really want that to be where our hearts are today.